Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 283. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to talk football for the next two hours. Yes, that's our tagline. That's what we talk about, football, Canadian football. Is there anything else? No. We had a great weekend of football coming up here, and uh, let's see what's going on. Uh, Where's my rant for the next? Oh, here it is. BC Lions won an unbelievably crazy, stupid game last night. Okay. Yeah, they won. They shouldn't have won. Hamilton beat them. No doubt about it. Hamilton won that game. Was the better team that night for the simple fact BC couldn't keep the flags off the field. They, they un, what, 200 yards worth of penalties? It was ridiculous. You can't do that. You can't give up two football field lengths and penalties. That's not counting the, the, the runs that got called back or the plays that got called back. It was it, ridiculous. Okay, you can't win football games like that. So Hamilton was the better team. Hamilton should have won the game. It was a bad coaching call. And they so they, they should have won the game. It put a field goal in, not a punt single, and BC had no hope. But no, that didn't happen. BC came back, tied the game, went to double overtime. One of the most spectacular games this year. It was absolutely spectacular spectacular and yeah i'm a bc lions fan so i thought it was spectacular i'm sure if you're a hamilton fan you wouldn't have thought it spectacular but you have to appreciate the quality of football that was there it was a great game it was exciting to the very last second the last second of that game made a difference okay so why is my rant about this this is because we're going to talk about this in a while and obviously what i just said is is not that important compared to what we're going to talk about here's what i'm talking about bc lion fans Get over yourselves, okay? You're out there having your the game is over. You're off gloating. You're trashing Hamilton Tiger Cats. You're trashing the Hamilton Tiger Cats coach, and you're trashing the Hamilton Tiger Cats fans. Forget it. Like grow a pair. This is ridiculous. Man up, okay? We don't do that. Trash talking before a game is awesome. Trash talking during a game is awesome. Trash talking after a game, you're an asshole. Stop it. Nobody likes gloating. No, win with class, lose with dignity. Okay? Win with class. That's what I say. You don't deserve that win last night. Hamilton beat us. Okay? If it wasn't for a bonehead call by the coach, Hamilton would have got two points, and you would have been pissed off and gone home early. Just like so many people left early and were out in the parking lot when BC tied it up and it went into overtime and you're sitting there going, oh my God, well, you left early, okay? You stoop. You don't leave before the final whistle on, in any football game. You owe it to the players to show them the respect and dignity that they have that you can cheer for them to the very end. It doesn't matter how bad they're losing. They've earned that right for you to stay to the end. You leaving early and going outside and then trying to claw your way back in to watch the game, you're an asshole, okay? I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like what I say. I don't care. 
You're morons for leaving a football game early. You, you've let your team down by not cheering them off the field. Even if they lose, they hold their head up high. So should you. Okay? Don't be pissed off. Don't be angry. Don't be mad. Whatever. You missed one of the most exciting games of football this, this year because you were too pissed off that your team had lost at home. Yeah, get over yourself. And don't start gloating on Facebook about how awesome your team is because you lost the game, but you got the win. I hope that makes sense. I don't know. It pissed me off today when I'm on my Let's Talk BC Lions Facebook page and everybody is trashing the Tiger Cats and their fans. And, oh, yeah, who's picking on Jennings now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bullshit. Get over yourself already. They didn't win that game. Hamilton lost it. So it, it really pissed me off. And I wrote a rant on the group page about it. And I hope it got, sinks home to some people because you know what? You're not that good a team. I'd love to think you are, but the BC Lions aren't that good a team this year. And are they getting better? Yes. Are they getting better at the right time? Yes. They've turned a corner. Are they moving downfield? Yes. We play Hamilton next week. You think Hamilton is going to let you guys slide the way that you did this this week, BC Lions? No. You better clean up your game. You better get rid of the penalties. And you better play some serious football because otherwise the Tiger Cats are going to eat your ass. Okay. I've never felt this angry about winning a football game before. And it's only because of the way that the fans are are acting and reacting. It's ridiculous. Don't do that. It pisses me off. Okay. I'm going to open up some mics now. We got two guys on the show panel today. I got Mark and Will. Welcome to the show, buddies. How you doing? Go ahead, Mark. Doing good. Doing good. Nice rant. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm happy to hear that from you. Did you see the tweet from the BC Lions Den that I posted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a that huge fan of, of, of what's-his-name, but, uh, you know. No, I'm not either, but that was classic. To call it, out the it, guy it, after he, he does all that yelling about telling Wally to retire and all that stuff, and the end comment is perfect. Yeah. Don't come back. Donate your tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And and I agree with him. He he Brian is 100% correct on that. Okay? I not often I agree with him, but a 1000% I agree with him on that one, man. Yeah. If you can't stay to the end of the football game, you don't deserve going. Donate your tickets to the kids. As as a teenager, I left the game early once and I got home and sat down at the dinner table and my dad said, "Why are you home?" So, uh, you know, bombers are getting killed, so why stay? I got a lecture for about 45 minutes at, di- at the good. dinner table. Good. About, you paid damn good money for those tickets. Why are you leaving? Yeah. Did the team leave early? Why are you leaving? And over and over and over. And I've never left a game early since. Yeah. You just, I, you know, it, it, A, it's the CFL. As is proven over and over and over again, a 10-point lead with a minute to go is nothing. <laughs> no, no lead is safe. Isn't that the tagline of the CFL? No lead is yep. safe. No lead is safe. And it wasn't. Nope. So, no, I, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've watched the BC Lions and, and the, the, the stadium completely empties out 
and they come back and, and, and a miracle at the end and they come back and win the game. Or yep. it goes into overtime and they lose in overtime. So, okay, so they lost in overtime. But, God damn, it's exciting, football. And is that not what day, we pay money game. to go see? At the end of the day, it's a game. People take them, yeah. it and themselves far too seriously. I know, I know. But, you know. This is coming from a guy who wears a wrestling mask to a football game, so. I. These are BC Lion fans. You know, that's not something that we're known for. These are Ryder fans or Plumber fans or, you know, I'd understand the gloating and everything else because that's kind of what they do. But this is bullshit. You guys are BC Lion fans. You're better than that. Don't do it. Don't do it. It pisses me off. It really pisses me off. It pisses me off when any team does it, any t- fan base uh-huh. does it. It really yep. pisses me off when the BC Lions fans do that. We're better than that. I like to think so. Anyhow. Okay. Let's go in and talk some football. Will, Will, sorry. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. You know, about four years ago or five years ago, first time ever, I was at a Saskatchewan-Calgary game. Saskatchewan was up by about 25, 26 points with eight minutes and 43 seconds to go. And I had to leave because I had enough of the Saskatchewan fans. I was going to get into trouble if I stayed any longer. So I left, and Calgary came back and won that game. Probably one of the most exciting comebacks in Stampeder history. And I'll never forgive myself. And you missed it. I'll never forgive myself, and I missed it. Wow. And that was before PBRs. That's correct. So I sit... I sit till the very end. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if I feel like punching a rider fan on the side of the head. I stay till the very bitter end. And I guess we, the two most exciting comebacks in Stampeder history happened. That was one of them. And then I think three or four years ago when BC was here, they came back against BC, and I was in Las Vegas. Charles was at the game, if you remember correctly. Yeah. And uh, they came back and they won. So, yeah, the Calgary fans were congratulating Charles but on I, the win. I uh, I disagree. Uh, I disagree with you. I I think uh, BC was. Uh, I think BC won that game. Okay, to be honest with you, because they came out down the field uh, with a vengeance, and I I think they played to win that game. So. Oh, I agree they did. But, you know, you can't play a sloppy, sloppy game like that, the whole game, and then come back and and, and win at the end and and feel good about yourself. You know, I mean, the penalties were atrocious. Yes, they were. You you know, it just, it uh, unbelievable. Ten penalties for 154 yards, that does not count the runs and and the receptions that got called back. That's just the penalty right. yard. So, yeah, no, I'm not – I'm not – this was not a clean game. Yeah, BC won. They got the W. I'm excited about that. I, I literally was watching this on my iPad on my bed with my earbuds in, and I took them out when the Ticats scored that touchdown. I took them out, threw them on the bed, and it just sat there because I didn't want to listen to the commentary of the Ticats – 
scoring this touchdown and winning and going on and yada, yada, yada. I literally took them out and put it down on the table and I let the commercials go and I let everything settle down and let them get their convert and then come back and do the kickoff. And then I went back and watched BC Lions win the game. If I was a typical fan, I would have turned off the iPad and walked away. But I'm not. I'm a fan, a true fan. And I went back and watched the rest of the football game, even though I thought the BC Lions were going to lose. Okay, I honestly thought they were going to lose. So, anyhow, that's, uh, that's that. That's, uh, we're going to get into that game in a bit. Let's, uh, let's go right over and talk to the, about the Montreal-Winnipeg game. Now, I don't think this thing was ever in doubt. But Winnipeg, or sorry, Montreal either played a lot better game or Winnipeg played like shit because this was very close. And it was a lot closer than any Bomber fan would like to admit, I'm pretty sure. And is Montreal actually playing good football right now or did like Winnipeg lay an egg on this? I don't know. Mark, you tell us. What was it? You know what? The end score looks a lot better than the game was. There was a point, I think it was in the third quarter, where I was going, you know what? These guys better not choke. Because it was kind of feeling that way for a bit. Now, in the second half, we had lost Dembski. We had lost Harris. Big Hill was out. It was like, oh, oh this is lining up. What I enjoyed mostly about the game was how Nichols played. He didn't have great, amazing stats. Him and Manziel had almost exactly the same stats other than the interception for Manziel and the touchdown for Nichols. And I know they were playing Montreal. Montreal's got a good defense. They played a lot better the last while, and they played well in that game. It was the decisions he made when he was getting sacked or getting rushed instead of throwing underhanded doohickey things and dumb passes into triple coverage he was eating the ball he was throwing it away or he he even ran once he he played he even ran more well (laughs) he hasn't run because of the knee injury he has not run much this year when he's played and this and it's not like he ran a ton. I think he had seven yards rushing or something. But he ate the ball, or he ran, and instead of a five-yard sack, it was a two-yard sack. Uh, and Darvin Adams, this was his best game of the year. Not because of the yardage, but because he made some tough catches, and he actually held onto the ball. Uh, Montreal, Manziel played really well. He did what he does. He completed a whole bunch of passes by running all the way to the sidelines and just extending the play. On his interception, that was the best thrown ball he had other than it was completely telegraphed. I'm not sure of his arm strength on our wide field. That interception, I was, we were all waiting for all game because you could see it every time he threw to that spot in the flat. It was just a duck. There was no zip. So he doesn't, I don't know if he has the arm strength back yet or if he's going to get that. But I thought he played well. Um, 
you know, he doesn't get the touchdown. Tipkin does. But he marched them right down, and then Tipkin comes in and runs the two yards. Why they wouldn't let Manziel run that two-yard pass run in, I don't know. It made no sense. Um, I'm happy we got the two points, of course. I'm a little concerned, especially with Harris and Big Hill. Big Hill's arm bent really strange. And he went off the field holding it pretty tightly. So hopefully it was just a stinger, but he it looked like it could be more than that. And Craig Rowe had his best game as a bomber. He was in the backfield all game. Montreal has no offensive line at all. They're not going to win games when every time the quarterback looks up, there's four guys in front of them. Rowe ended the game with seven tackles and three quarterback sacks. As a backup defensive end, those are pretty damn good stats. Yep. Um, and it's interesting in the backfield right now. Again, Mo Lega was a healthy scratch. And Gator played a lot more. They were using Gator a lot, which was good to see. So... I think maybe this is there's some changes going on. Fogg didn't see the field again. This Priester kid came in and did pretty well again. It's two straight games. He's been really strong. And I ha- if I'm not hearing a rookie defensive back's name midway through the season, I'm really happy with that. So, you know, it's it was against Montreal. It's two points. And it's an yeah, important two points. Place. We're in fifth place, but we're two points out of third and four points out of second. And we have Edmonton next week. So yeah. it's it's a huge two points. They desperately needed that and they, they did what they had to do to win. Which I haven't seen much of in the last five weeks. So yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I'm happy with the win. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. William. Well, you know, I'm I'm the first guy to say a win's a win's a win. It doesn't no matter how you get it. Yeah. And I don't think Montreal played well, and I don't really think Winnipeg played that well either. I found the game rather boring, and I usually get excited about Winnipeg games. Um. It was a huge it was a huge game for Winnipeg because I'm thinking if Winnipeg hadn't a won, you would have seen head roll heads roll after that game. And I don't know if we're talking coaches, I don't know if we're talking players, but it would not have been pretty. But the lucky thing is for uh Winnipeg is they put Johnny Manziel in and I mean you you both have said that he played well. And I I, I think he played a good play. game. I guess he did play okay. Um, he was running for his life on every play. Um, it's not his fault. Nope, nope. And, I mean, if he's going to do anything in the CFL, he's got to get this experience. And yeah. and we shall see. We shall see if it pays off for them in the long run. You know, is he going to... Is he going to stick around for next year if they lose the next six games and he's the starting quarterback? Or is he going to try and get out of his contract and go to the Alliance Football League? I guess we will see. 
but uh, I I think he's got. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to disagree with Mark, but I think he's got quite a strong arm. I've some of his passes the other night. He was basically flicking his wrist, and they were going forty yards. So, um, but we'll see. I, I there's still big question marks with the Bombers. I they have Edmonton next week. Edmonton is beatable if you play a good game. And I hope Winnipeg knows where they're at and plays. Uh, I where's the game next week, Mark? In Edmonton or in Winnipeg? Edmonton. Edmonton. Well, we'll see what happens. I I think. Uh, I'm hoping anyways that Edmonton is on the downturn and they're not going to win another game this year. So we will see, but who knows? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, Winnipeg won, that's all you got to do. They got to keep pace with everybody else in the West. So that's it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. What do you got to do? Okay, I mean, it was an interesting game. I really thought Manziel played a really good game considering he had no O-line and his his receivers were, like, absolutely dropping the ball on him. And he still had decent and respectable numbers. Uh, it, it, they very easily could have beat Winnipeg that night. It was not – they didn't get steamrolled over. The score did not look good at 31-14. But I think that flatters the Bombers way more than it insults the the Alouettes. So, yeah, it was an interesting game. I was cheering for uh, for Montreal. I wanted to see Manziel do good, but shit happens. 31-14 was the final score. Charles with 28-21 was out by 10. CJ was 28-21 out by 10. And uh, Will, you picked uh, 30 to 18. You're out by five. Mark picked 29-11. Um, You're out by five. You two split this one. Will and Mark both get the star. Okay. Exciting, eh? Pretty exciting. What did you just send me? Am I supposed to be looking at this? Oh yeah, no, yeah. Star rankings. Okay, you're putting up things for the for the rest of the show. Okay. Yep. Cool. 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 Okay, um, next game up was Edmonton cruised over to Ottawa, Frank Clair Stadium in Lansdowne Park to play who? The Red Blacks. And what was I thinking by picking Edmonton? I have no idea. I really, honestly, I would have thought Ottawa could have done won this game and I would why did I pick Edmonton I don't know I'm the only one that did pick Edmonton and they lost so um Mark go ahead and let's talk some football talk about the Ottawa Red Blacks a victory over the Edmonton Eskimos yeah this actually was a really entertaining game in that you had the defenses going on both sides you can't tell by the score but the defenses were really going on both sides um, Harris was doing what Harris does at the start of the game. It was like, uh-oh, they're going back to it, which was the field goals, field goals, field goals. As we noticed by Lewis Ward, 
he of the security guard last year, and five, I think he was five for five on the day. Um, those are pretty decent stats from a rookie field goal kicker. They're not easy kicks in that stadium either. It's kind of one of those windier stadiums. Um, it was nice to see a big crowd, too, after the tornadoes they ended up with in Ottawa the like day before. So kudos to the fans for actually coming out and supporting them when there was obviously a lot of stuff that was probably more important on their mind. But I guess it took their mind off to everything else, too. Riley didn't look like we're used to seeing Riley. He did not. No, he had one of his off games, which he every so often does. I was reading some interesting comments online after the game and people saying that get rid of Riley, get him out now. It's like, okay, can Winnipeg make a trade right now, Riley for Nichols? Please, oh, shit, please. yeah. Can I have him in BC? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's nobody in the CFL that's not going to want Riley on their team. <laughs> it was just one of Except those Except the Eskimo fans, morons. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Riley's stats weren't great. He was... 65% and only 276, yeah, 276 yards. But, again, they went away from the running game in the second half. And it's not like they were down by a ton. You know, Gable only had six carries. Riley had four. And this Martiz Jackson had one. And that's just, it's that time of year where the weather's getting cold. You don't run the ball eight times. You have to run it way more than that. It's just that time of year. If you're only running it 10 or 11 times, you're not going to be able to grind out the wins now. And that's basically what happened. Um, And Ottawa just did what they do. They did all kinds of great stuff in the uh, between the 30s and then relied on their field goal kicker, and it didn't come back to hurt them. Now, you look at the score line for Ottawa. Three, nine, six, ten. There's not a lot of offense in that. That's all field goal kicking. It's really what it comes down to is Ottawa's special teams was better than Edmonton's. Ottawa's defense was better than Edmonton's, and that's not unusual. Edmonton still has, like Will had said earlier, about they seem to be going into a bit of a nosedive. They still have major question marks on their secondary. There's guys wide open all the time, and they're missing tackles a lot. So going forward, this was an important game for Edmonton. Going forward, Saskatchewan's now got second place by themselves. Edmonton's got to be worried about BC and Winnipeg coming up behind them fast. There's only two points separating fifth from third. So, but that's about it. It was it was a Lewis Ward game. And he didn't get the game ball. They gave it to Powell. The kid has five for five, and they give it to Powell, I guess, because he had 147 yards rushing. And, again, took over the rushing lead. Who's this? So he was five for five? I thought he kicked more than that. It could be more than that. I'm just trying to find the stat. Oh, sorry, seven for seven. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he was 7 for 7. So 21 of – that's an Ottawa game, 21 of 28 points for field goals. Yeah, 
And, and the, the other seven points was not a touchdown. Uh, well, it says Harris threw for a touchdown. I'm pretty sure they yeah, – okay. I thought at one point in time they – never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. I was listening to it on the Sirius radio. So. No, it's just your typical Audubon win. It's all field goals. Like we say, a win to win. It's two points in the standings. But it's eventually that kind of stuff bites you in the ass. And Edmonton not running the ball. They've got a great running back in Gable, and they don't give him the ball. Yeah. That's play calling. That's not Riley. Go ahead, Will. Well, Trevor Harris was typical Trevor Harris. He had great he had great offense between the twenty yard lines and when they got down to the goal line they couldn't score. So they kicked seven yes I said seven field goals. Twenty one points of their twenty eight points. That's ridiculous. But, but it doesn't matter how you get the points, man. A win is a win is a win. And they beat yeah. Edmonton and they stayed close. Are they? I do believe they're they're in first place. Are they not in the East? Yes, they Who's are. Who's that? Yes, they are. Ottawa. Yeah. Ottawa. They're in first place in the East. And they won. That's uh, their second win in a row, is it not? Yes, it is. So, you know, I mean, Edmonton, I you know me, I love what Edmonton sucks. Okay. I mean, there'd be there'd be nothing better for me that Edmonton doesn't make the playoffs in the Grey Cups in Edmonton because I would just laugh because uh, you know you know how much I like Edmonton. I don't think they're going to miss um, the playoffs, but well, you never know. You never know. You never Agreed. Know. I mean, I'm got, at this point in got, time, I'm thinking thinking BC is not going to miss the playoffs, but you never know. We are tied for last. Gonna, yeah, but I think it's going to be a battle right down to it. Oh, I mean, it, it, Edmonton, of course it is. Edmonton has to play some good teams. I think they have to play Saskatchewan at least one more time, do they not? And they have yeah. to play Winnipeg. And yeah, they've so, got Winnipeg twice, Saskatchewan, and I can't remember who else. So I do believe I BC. don't think they have BC. There you go. And none of those games are easy. And uh, they still have a dreadful backfield. So, um, But, hey, Ottawa, like I said, Ottawa had a midget, and he kicked seven field goals, and more power to him. And, and at times, Trevor Harris looked Trevor Harris looked great until he got to the 20-yard line. And then it was like the lights went out and he had a nap or something because they could not score or they threw a pick or they did something. So, or they got a penalty. It's, it's kind of amazing how that happens. Um, seven hey, field goals. Game. That's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's seven field goals, Christopher. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I mean, at seven field goals, and and 
Trevor Harris still had 313 yards passing. So I know, and, and Rick TD. Campbell still has a job. <sighs> yes, he does. Brad Sinopoli had 113 yards in reception. So four straight thousand-yard game or season. You, you can't, you can't, you can't say anything. You can't say anything bad about Campbell because they won. Let's face it. He, they won, and he's eight and five in the East. So that's tied with second place in the West. So there you go. They're like tied for second place overall, as far as one of the best teams go this year. So I know. There you go. I, I know. Go ahead. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to. Chance to watch this game. I listened to it on Sirius XM and I uh, was drive. Well, actually, I missed a good chunk of this game at, because I didn't get to the get into the car until the latter part of the fourth quarter and everything else. So I didn't get to listen to it. I didn't get to see it too much, but uh, I just heard Max Ward. It's Max, isn't it? Max Ward? Or did, is that a name that's in my thing from somewhere else? No, that's from Ward Air days. That's a long time ago. What's this guy's name? Who's that? Ottawa Red Blacks kicker. Oh, Lewis Ward. Lewis Ward. There you go. Lewis Ward. Amazing kid. He's like right up there with full stature with Wesson Dressler. Midgets. <laughs> Midgets. Midgets. But man, can he kick the ball. And uh, and he's not just not just little, little itty-bitty kicks. He's been booting the ball. So got to give him full marks for everything else. But you know, when you win a game with seven field goals, there's something seriously the matter with your team. First off, there's something seriously the matter with your opponent if they're going to let you win with field goals. I don't know. What can I say? I don't know. Good game. Ended funny. Final score, 28 to 15. If you keep Mike Riley to 15 points, you're going to win a game. I don't care if you have to kick field goals. But if you can keep Mike Riley to 15 points, man, you have done something amazing. Uh, 28-15. Everybody, uh, I picked Edmonton to win, so I'm out of there. Will, Ottawa, 43. You're not, you're out by a zillion. Mark, 37, you're out by a zillion. Uh, Charles picked it 28-24. He was out by nine points. Charles gets the star on this one. Okay. Just be thankful, guys, Chris wasn't picking scores this weekend because, you know, hey, never mind. Oh, yeah, well, him and me are first and second, so yeah, definitely. Him and me? Sorry, Dad English. Bad English, yes. Very bad English. Okay. So the next game pissed me off. Should have just said, you guys, Mark. The, the, That's a game thing, Will. Pissed me off because Toronto should have won this game against the, the Riders. They should have won this game. It came down to the wire. It came down to the last second. came down to the last whole, whole thing. And the difference between this and the uh, – Eastern Finals last year, Toronto didn't have Ricky Ray. 
Tronny Hyde, Ricky Ray, they would have got the W here for sure. Um, McLeod, no, Bethel, the difference, Thompson. the difference is they didn't have hula hoop. They let him go to Hamilton. They let him go hula to Hamilton. Would have, hula hoop would have kicked that field goal, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, you're you're correct, and that is the difference. But um, yeah, it was it came down to a final game, final missed field goal loss for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Just before you go, just, just I was listening to this on a satellite, okay, and, and I've told you guys that. And I'm driving down, this is going down the Fraser Canyon, not the Fraser Canyon, the Fraser Valley, okay, and I'm getting to Chilliwack area. And that's where the mountains get really steep on the right-hand side, like Bridal Falls area right through to Hope, right? And I kept losing the reception, and I missed the last 30 seconds of this game. I did not know who if Toronto had won or not. I missed the end of the thing because I lost the signal and I didn't get it find out until I got around the corner in hope that Saskatchewan had won. And usually on Sirius XM radio, the home team broadcast is repeated on Sirius. Okay. So it should have been the Toronto Argonauts game that their radio home radio station should have been on it, but no, they had the Saskatchewan Rough Riders radio station on there, and they had to listen to Rod Peterson and this other fucking moron on there babble about how wonderful their goddamn team was for the next ten to fifteen. I literally turned it off and listened to nothing, waiting for the BC Lions game to start. So it just like, really, come on, this game just pissed me off. Mark, go ahead. It was really it was a game of big plays. Demond Roosevelt only had five catches, but he had over 100 yards receiving. Thigpen had an 82-yard run. They had their usual big interception for huge yards. And then you look at the stat line and go, wow, you know, Kolaris must have had a huge game. Yeah, he threw for two touchdowns, but he also threw for two interceptions and did nothing in the second half. The scary thing with this team is they just keep winning. You know, at the beginning of the season, I did pick these guys to finish in second, and that's where they are. They're into second place. The offense, even in the first half, they were putting up big numbers with these huge plays. But, again, no real sustained drives. It's reminds me so much of 2011 with Winnipeg again I keep saying this and it just this defense is good I know Todd likes to say they're average but they come up big when they need to come up big and the unfortunate thing with this one was they stalled completely in the second half And from a Winnipeg standpoint, it's unfortunate because all he had to do was kick one field goal. And nope. You know, they showed him sitting there with his head down. It's like, buddy, you have one job, kick a field goal. When you're battling for your playoff lives, you have to get that field goal at the end of the game. You just have to. That probably ended their playoff chance. 
you know, because they've stayed, I think they're either four or six points back again. So it's probably ended their playoffs. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I thought, played well. Um, he wasn't lights out, but he didn't make some of the mistakes he's been making. And he's against a really strong front four, or three, depending on what way Saskatchewan goes. But, you know, their defense, again, won the game. You can say that, you know, Caleros did this with this pass and he threw this many yards, but it was big plays by the guys he got the ball to. It wasn't huge throws. It was five, six-yard throws, and they were getting 15, 20-yard yak yards. So, really, it came down to their defense and special teams again. It's amazing how they keep doing it. I got to give Saskatchewan credit for that. They just keep finding different ways to win. When you stink as much as that offense did in the second half, and you let Toronto come back and still pull out the win, and kudos to Brett Lowther for what was it, a 56 yarder yep. that he kicked at the end of the game? Yeah, that's a lot of pressure there, too, especially with that field because it was pretty chewed up. They chewed that field up nicely, that natural grass. And the turf monster struck again. There was two guys for Saskatchewan, that two defensive backs that fell in the exact same spot on the same play. They were more or less beside each other, and they both fell. Thankfully, the ball didn't go in for a touchdown or anything, but they got to fix that end zone. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's dangerous. It's really... Yeah, it's it's gonna it's affecting too many games. When you've got defensive backs from both sides of the ball, it's not just the opposing team. The Toronto has a hard time with it too. You got to fix that. That's really it's about it. It's Saskatchewan just keeps finding ways to win. Sad, but true. I wouldn't want to be facing them in the playoffs at home. Go ahead, Will. Well, I have a different take on that whole thing. And my take is this. You needed a 56-yard field goal at the end of the game to beat a team that is 3-8. You guys aren't that good. As a matter of fact, I think you kind of suck. I don't think your defense defense is that good. You are playing Toronto. Toronto's they not don't a have an offense. Team. Toronto's not a good football team. I mean, they've got a better quarterback than Saskatchewan has, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I, I, I wasn't impressed with Saskatchewan at all. I mean, they headed the ball off once or four times to Thigpen, one of the Plays went for 85 yards. Yep, that happens all the time. Um, They took some bad penalties. Um, Chris Jones was up to his tricks on that. On that, what was it, a fake punt or something like that that he got a penalty for? I don't know if you guys remember that, what it was for. All, All the guys were down the field before they even threw the ball or something like that. He threw it to a lineman. I'm I'm I keep on hearing about how great Saskatchewan is. Zach Kolaris, he played better than he has, but it's still a pop gun offense. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that October 20th, Saskatchewan is really close to Calgary and they come into Calgary and, and, and play them. Cause then we'll really see what a real football team looks like. And I don't think Saskatchewan's that good. And I don't care if there's Saskatchewan fans out there telling me, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think they're that good. I mean, Chris Jones, most of the time, he uses a three-man rush and then drops the rest. And maybe that's why people are having trouble with him. You know, eventually, someone's going to dissect that defense. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lose big. And I'm hoping that's Calgary October 20th. I mean, Calgary won't take Saskatchewan lightly because they, they lost to them once this year in Saskatchewan. And I think they're just waiting for him. Anyways, you know me. I don't like Saskatchewan, but I still don't think they're a good football team. Even though I don't like them, if I thought they were a good football team, I'd tell you guys they're a good football team, but I don't think they are. Go ahead. Okay. Dead silence. What's going on here? Uh, Saskatchewan, Toronto, final score, 30-29. to 29. Like I said, I didn't get to the final in on this one, and so be it. Am I still on the radio? Never mind. Uh, yes, you are. Saskatchewan finished this one up. Charles picked him 20-17 to 17 to win. He's out by 22 points. Will and Mark both picked Toronto to win. They're out completely. Christopher picked it 24 to 12. I'm out by 23 points. Charles wins this by a single. The Rouge takes the gold star home. Way to go, Charles. Okay. So, last game. You heard my rant. We've talked about this a couple of times. We're going to talk about it again. Because why? <laughs> BC won a football game. BC won a football game. So, they've won three in a row. They're on a roll. Felton Johnson has him in sixth place. Moron. No, he's not. He's a nice guy. Anyhow, uh, I think he's got him in fifth place, actually. B.C. Uh, Hamilton. It's always tough for an Eastern team to play in B.C. on a Saturday night when the game starts at 7. That's 10 o'clock in the Eastern time zone. It's even going to be better if those idiots put a team in Halifax and they're going to be an hour so they're going to be starting at 11 o'clock their time which is going to be awesome because then they're not finished football until 2 in the morning and they're tired BC wins those games hands down okay exciting game BC played an okay game I didn't like all the penalties it pissed me off I think what was the final 10, 10 penalties 154 yards it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And I hope Wally does some screaming. Uh, Mark, go ahead, talk about the game. Well, you know, if you watch the, just the first half and turned it off, BC definitely lived up to my mantra of BC sucks because they played horrible in the first half. Every time they got a little bit of momentum, a dumb penalty a drop ball, handing off to Chris Rainey in the backfield. Why is he still a running back? 
I thought they learned their lesson. I thought, I really thought they learned their lesson and they're only going to use him on kicks. Hell, they sat him because of his play in the run in the running game. I'm like, okay, cool. Winnipeg won. BC's going to lose. This is looking good for me. Third quarter it was more or less the same thing. BC came back a little bit, and Jennings was playing better, but not that great. And then the fourth quarter, an overtime hit. And Will is right in that, yeah, you could blame the Hamilton field goal kicker for missing at the end of the game and at the end of overtime. But at the end of the game there, that's up. That's why the defense is paid. That's why they're put, put in that position. Uh, June Jones went and said, I'm not quite sure I get his comment thinking that who would expect a team to march down and get a touchdown and a two-point conversion? Um, He's not a CFL coach, right? Well, that's not He's a not a CFL coach. coach. That, it yeah, doesn't that, matter if it's CFL, NFL. Uh, that wouldn't have happened in the NFL. CIS, anything. Wouldn't have happened. That's, it, it, you, you don't put the ball in the hands of the offense on the 35-yard line. Because you don't have faith in your kicker to kick a 45-yard field goal. You're in a dome. 45-yard field goal should be relatively easy. And if you're going to punt, okay, I get it. You pin them deep. You don't purposely punt for the Rouge to make it an eight-point game. You try to pin them on the in behind the 20. Hell, did he not watch the Bomber game when Medlock pinned guys constantly? That's what you do. No, he punched it into the end zone. It came down to two things. June Jones with a brain fart and Hamilton's defense playing prevent. It's the only thing. I didn't pay enough attention to what they were playing, but they had to have gone into prevent and stayed back 10, 15 yards, which you can't do in the CFL, and we say that over and over and over. Jennings played very well, but in the first half, there was two or three times, it's like, oh, here he goes. He was starting to throw the ball deep again, and he was throwing into double coverage, or he wasn't even near on his throws. He played really well at the end of the game, and he played really well in overtime. But if you look at the body of the game, Jennings made some bad decisions again. I don't get these 40, 45-yard throws that he's doing. When he keeps it to 10, 15 yards, he's right on the money, and he's really good at it. The minute he goes gunslinging, it's a toss-up on if it's going to be a completion or an interception. He finished with no interceptions. Good on him. But Three he's touchdowns. Got he's got to stop with these long throws. He's just not accurate. If yeah, he won he the game. big ones at the end. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's just like the His other big two throws won the game. talking about, though. Uh, Hamilton's defensive coordinator didn't certainly help them. I will say that. You know, they played well enough to win, I guess. Like you said in your rant, 
don't get super excited because you got Hamilton again next week. Well, I, I know. I, I agree 100%. But, you know, when you start at your own 35-yard line with, what, 20 seconds left in the game? And, and you throw four passes? Oh, one, I know. One, like I said, one he down. played well at the end of the game. One, one down, two down, one into the end zone, and one for a two-point conversion. Four perfectly thrown balls. Perfectly yeah. thrown balls. Yeah, no, I agreed. I said he played very well at the end of the game, but if you look at the full body of the game, it's still, you know, he's makes some bad decisions on these long throws. He just, I know you need to stretch the defense, but he needs to make better decisions on them. They won the game. They shouldn't have. But hey, no. two points in the standings, two points in the standings. Important that's, that's, two points in the West. Huge two points. Yeah. Because the bar, if BC and Winnipeg do finish tied, Winnipeg has the first uh, tiebreaker. Yeah. So they it's a huge two points. Game. Yeah, it's a huge two points. Yeah. So. And, and we're it. still Go tied, ahead, but we got a game in hand. Yeah. Well, that's but why BC... I say finish tied, because I'm looking at those two points as we're two points behind. With the, yeah. uh, the extra game, so BC does not have an easy time of it for the rest of the season. You know, at no, one point, nor, time, nor does Winnipeg. I, it's going to be fun. I would have, I would have thought that it would have been a little easier, but it's not. Um, next week we play Hamilton again, and trust me, those Tiger Cats are going to be a little pissed off. Um, we play Toronto. Okay, well, we're that. I'm not going to call that a gimme, but you know, it's nobody's going to argue with you. I don't think anybody's going to pick Toronto to beat BC. Uh, then we play Calgary. Then we play Edmonton. And we play Saskatchewan. And then we play Calgary. Okay? That's not an easy schedule. Nope. One game, one game out of four, one game out of five remaining that, that looks doable. The other ones are, are, are you know, they're – I'm not going to say they're going to come down to the wire, but they better play some error-free football if they're going to continue on their little road to the Grey Cup. Error-free. William, talk football. It's your turn, brother. Well, I I don't know. I, You know what? You, you talk about BC has all these tough games coming up, but guess what? They can write their own destiny, man. Oh, they can. They just got to win they those. They just got. They just got to win those football games. Yeah. Okay. So if they want to win the Grey Cup, they have to win these football games because those are the teams they have to beat in the playoffs. Yep. Absolutely. So if they can't, can't beat them in the regular season, you know, I'm not holding my breath on the playoffs. You know, you can say all you want about Jonathan Jennings not throwing well and and BC not playing in that game, but man, when it came down to it. They drove the field and scored a touchdown, and then they and then they threw for a two point convert, and they tied the game, and then they won in overtime. To me, yeah. that shows lots of character. Okay, there's some character on that team, and if you think about it, and I've mentioned this one time before, the the three main character guys on their team, Solly, Travis Lule, and uh, Manny Arsenal, Manny. are all out. Are all out. Okay. 
so there's some younger people taking up the slack, and there can't that can't be anything but good things. Okay, so and and you all know I'm not a BC fan, never have been, but hey, give credit where credit is due, and I mean I I I'll see how they uh, react next week when they go into Hamilton, and I mean let's face it, Hamilton's probably going to be one of the easiest games they have in the next three, four, or five weeks. Because I mean yeah. they got to play Calgary. They got to play Calgary twice, and I would assume that the last game of the year isn't going to mean anything for Calgary. So, you know, they got to play Calgary hard at least once. So we'll see what happens to them. But I, I thought uh, they were they were full points to get that win the other night. Like I said, they marched down the field. That's all I look at, and then they and then they won an overtime. And hey, good on them. You know. It's excitement. It's a character builder, and let's see where they go from here. Because, like we, one of the things we did say at the beginning of the year that the West was going to be a dogfight, and it yeah. looks like it's going to turn into a dogfight and a half. Yeah. Okay. If everybody keeps on winning. So. Well, there's see. a lot of West-West matches matchups for the rest of the season. There's a lot of. Yep. Them. Yep. You know, it's Edmonton's playing Saskatchewan and Winnipeg's playing Edmonton and BC's playing Calgary. And yeah, no, it's just, it's just, there's a lot of matchups. There's even another Saskatchewan Winnipeg game in, in week 18. Uh huh. The next three games for Winnipeg are massive. Yeah. yeah. Edmonton, Winnipeg, and then I think it's Edmonton again, isn't it? No, it's, it, you're, you're playing, um, Edmonton, then Edmonton, Ottawa. Saskatchewan. Oh, Ottawa? Okay. Ottawa, Saskatchewan. Then yeah. you have a bye. Then you play Calgary. Then you play Edmonton again. And that's your season. Yeah. West, West, West matchups, all but Ottawa. And there you go. Winnipeg's in a good position as well. If they win they're their right. games, they're they going to make punch playoffs. Their clock. Yep. Absolutely. Looking at the last part of the schedule, Edmonton could be the odd man out. They could go from second to fifth in a heartbeat. It's yeah, tight. yeah. But you, you know, you, if Winnipeg beats Edmonton, but you know, you got to look at it this way: if Edmonton beats Winnipeg next week, is Winnipeg got playoff hopes like dwindling really quickly? Oh yeah, it's a huge right. game for both teams next week. Yeah, Huge. it is. Yeah. So, wow, it's going to be exciting. I mean, this is this is an exciting football. I, there is no position that is signed, sealed, and delivered right now. Uh, I even Calgary, you know, Calgary does not have a lock on first place. A long time ago, I would have said they did, but they don't right now. They're only two games ahead of Saskatchewan. Now Saskatchewan isn't playing great football, but they're only but they're winning. They're winning, and Will knows what that means. W's are important. You know, I was going to say, and you can say what you want, but you know what? Those uh, those three games yesterday were probably the most three three of the most 
exciting games I've seen all year. Yep. It was great football to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, There was a Winnipeg sports writer um, complaining about the three straight games yesterday. Why aren't we still doing games on Thursday? Why aren't we doing games on Sunday? Why do they have to do three straight games? Because it's I fucking exciting. Sitting down, I loved sitting down to nine hours of football. Well, it was a lot of football to watch on a Saturday, to be honest with you. But you know what? Once I started watching the first game, it was contagious. Yep. You know, so. the only fans that really can bitch about that were Toronto fans. Because you missed the first game going to the game, and you missed the last game coming home from the game. That's what PVR is for. Yep. Yeah, I I understand that, but you know, PVR does not do live games. No. Right? They they don't replace live games. I mean, I don't mean in person, but I mean watching it real time. So the only fans that really get to bitch at, at, about having three games on Saturday is Toronto. Or ones that don't have a control on their wives. <laughs> and you know what? One of the things one of the things I did not do today, which I usually do on Sundays, is watch at least one or two NFL games. I I thought to myself, I'm going to be bored if I watch this NFL stuff because they're not going to be as exciting as to, as yesterday's games were. So. Yeah. And for the people that complain about the three straight games on a Saturday, there's 20-some games, I think it is, in the NFL on Sunday. If you have NFL Sunday ticket, you're watching every single game. Well, you have the ability and my to brother-in-law and my nephews do. Yeah. They watch every single game that's on. I'd be divorced. So, yeah, well... Um, that's what NFL fans do, though. They watch every single game. So for us to watch a whopping three games in one day, I love it. I was seeing some stuff on Twitter from American fans, one guy from L.A. in particular, yeah, that said, you know, I sat down to watch some football, and this was amazing football. It made them forget about NFL. That's what we need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of football to watch in one day. But that's what the Americans are used to, and that's what the Canadian NFL fans are used to. It's game after game after game after game. So why can't we do it? Why do we have to be the same as we've always been? Yeah, we don't have to be the same. I, I I love it. I, it was good. I mean, I, I, I didn't get to watch the games because I was traveling, but you know what? It entertained me through my two-hour two journey. You know, a little bit of this game, a little bit of that game, a little bit of this game. It was awesome. It was awesome. And the best the best part for me is I went to work at 7 o'clock in the morning. I worked till one thirty. came home, and started watching football. It was a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final score, BC Lions 35, Hamilton Tiger Cats 32. Overtime, double overtime victory for the BC Lions. 
double overtime. Wow. Charles, you picked them 30-16 to 16 for the BC Lions. You're out by 21 points. Underestimated Hamilton too much. Will, 24-21. Yeah, underestimated both teams by 22 points. Mark, you picked BC 32-20. to 20. Well, BC was close, but you didn't give enough love into Hamilton, but you're out by 15 points. CJ, 28-24, out by 15 points. Mark, CJ, you split the Golden Star this week. Mark, you got two havers. Well done. We count them as full marks, by the way. You don't get half a mark for that. You get a full oh, mark. Oh, and not a bad week at all. No, no, not bad at all. Charles gets two. Mark gets two. CJ and Will each one each. When was the last time that everybody got a pick? The last time Chris didn't pick scores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Way to go, Chris. Thanks very much for not showing up for this one, okay? Thanks very much. Sorry. Yeah, it was a great week of football. Great weekend of football. Exciting weekend of football. Yeah, the American fans are starting to love this game. The ones that are watching this game, they are loving it. How can you not? How can you not love that weekend? Oh, it was amazing. Amazing football. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump over and uh, play with our wannabe uh, agenda. And let's uh, start off with uh, our good friend, Belton Johnson, who does post-game show over in uh, Regina, Former uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider player. I think he was a defensive lineman, wasn't he? Came out of Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss. And uh, here's his standings. He picks the Stamps in first place. Can't argue that one. Red Blacks in second. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Riders in third. Uh, Not sure about that one. Eskimos in fourth. BC 5th, Ticat 6, Bombers 7, Argos 8, Alouettes 9. Wow. Well, you could argue that the Argos played a better game, losing by one point in the last play of the game, than the Alouettes did losing by double digits to Winnipeg. So, okay, I, I can't argue with the, the, the flip between the Argos and the Alouettes because the Alouettes were definitely the better team before. Bombers Bombers won, but they didn't win convincingly, and they've been on a four-game losing streak. So is this a sign of the times changing? No, I don't know. Who knows? They only played the Alouettes. Ticats in six. They played a mean game of football against the BC Lions. Mean game. BC's playing stellar defense. They're on a three-game win streak. That's got to be something good. I'm not sure about the Eskimos up and forth anymore. I'm really not sure about that. And the Riders, Riders beating Toronto by a single point does not show me any strength at all. Nor does Ottawa with seven field goals. Any, that does not seem like a powerful team at this point in time. And that's what power rankings are, is their ability to move forward. Mark, 
What's your thoughts on the power rankings? Where would you place? Who would you place in second? Hey, you know, I'd almost want to flip the riders into second. I know they're not winning winning convincingly, and they're doing it. Sometimes I call it smoke and mirrors. Yeah, but they just keep winning. They keep finding different ways to win, and that's power. Is it's not one phase; it's all phases that are contributing. Even if it is a mediocre offense, they constantly find a different way to win. And what are they on a three or four game winning streak? They beat Winnipeg twice. <laughs> are they they lost three two games? weeks ago. They're only on a one oh, game they winning streak. Okay. Yeah. So they're only on a one I game still, winning streak. You know, when you look at it, no, I don't want to put Edmonton in second for sure. And I'm, like you said about Ottawa, they're not showing any strength, although, again, they're finding different ways to win. So, really, you could flip second and third. Either way, that's a coin toss. Edmonton, I'd actually put behind BC. So, you're, you're talking a, about doing Calgary in first place, then number two would be the Riders, and then you're going to put BC in third? No, I'd put, say, Riders in second. Red Blacks yeah. in third. Red Blacks in third. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I put I'd flip BC to fourth. Edmonton in five. Ed, Edmonton in five. Hamilton in sixth. And then like the the bottom four are the same. Bombers. And you're taking the Argos over top of uh, the Owls. The Owls have become the free space again. Yeah. Okay. Willie, do you care? Calgary's in first place. Does anything else matter to you? Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what? I, I think you could. I think you could take Saskatchewan and Ottawa and flip them and flop them. They're both in second place. Um, you know, I think you gotta. I would put. Uh, BC and Forest, because right now they have the longest winning streak in the CFL. They've won three games in a row. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's won two games in a row. Uh, you know, Edmonton, they looked great against Calgary, and then they looked crappy against uh, Ottawa. So I would put Edmonton in fifth, and then everybody else after that doesn't matter. Hamilton's in sixth. They're, they seem to be trending downwards, but Let's face it, they probably don't have to do much more this season to make the playoffs, if you think about it. Montreal and Toronto aren't going to do anything. So, yeah, I'm okay. Saskatchewan, you know, despite despite them, what I said about them not being very strong, they're still winning games. So is Ottawa. So you can put them both in second place if you want to. And uh, I think BC. So you talk about riders and red blacks are two A and two B. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, BC. I mean, they won three in a row. When was the last time BC won three games in a row? Uh, Two thousand eleven. Sure. Yeah. Two thousand eleven. Pretty sure. yep. Yep. So there you go. 
They're trending upwards, man. Could be 2011 all over again. Who knows? Like 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 we we talked about earlier, all the Western teams play Western teams in the last part of the season, which should make for real exciting football. And we're going to know who's on top and who's not on top at the end of that. I mean, Calgary Calgary could lose first place. I don't think it's going to happen, but they could do it. Yeah, it, it's not far off. I mean, they don't they don't have any starting wide receivers yet left. They're all gone. They're all gone for the year. Okay, so I guess we'll find out how good Bo Levi Mitchell really is. And we're also we're also the other thing is we're also getting into cold games, and Winnipeg has more of a scat back running offense and I don't know if they're very good in cold games I mean (laughs) and I'm looking so forward to the game on Friday here in Toronto right now it should be about minus three okay and I'm just thrilled to death to sit outside and watch football in that kind of weather so but yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great ending, I guarantee you. Okay, so yeah, it's you kind may- of exciting. I I don't agree with Belton's uh, power rankings. I think I'm pretty pretty much set with you guys there. It makes the most amount of sense. I mean, all, when three of us kind of agree on this, it's uh, not too shabby. So, uh, wow. Kind of posted our, our remarks on here on uh, on Belton's group again. So I guess I should read. No. That's... You could make an argument for moving Hamilton ahead of BC and only that they should be getting Green and Brandon Banks back next week. So going forward... Until they get them back, yeah. Until they're until declared they're called... coming back, then I can't do that. I yeah, can change no, these but... power rankings before the next weekend's games, but at this point in time, at this moment in time, they're not scheduled yeah. to come back. Yeah. So I, I I can't do that. I next week I'm sure that we're going to flip those two. Okay, I am pretty sure Hamilton is going to come out and be a little pissed off and angry and play some mean football. Anyhow, I'm good with this. I'm good with this. Okay, where are we in this game? Okay, 45 minutes left in the show here. Uh, so you've given Johnny Manziel uh, a pass on this game. Mark, do you think that he he played a decent game? Uh, the the Alvin and I kind of feel the same way. He wasn't amazing, but you know, he made plays with his feet. He uh he was accurate with his ball throwing and uh he had no time. The O-line overran him and his receivers dropped some very meaningful balls. Will, you just don't think he's that good a quarterback. You just don't see that he's He's part well, of this, the equation here. You just don't like him, or you don't like his play, 
or what is it? Sorry, I don't, I don't, I, was, I don't particularly like him either. But that's beside the point. I think he I played a good game. Something. We're, we're talking about Matt Nichols or Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. We're not talking about Matt Nichols. I'm not going to talk. No, about that. Johnny Manziel did not impress me. You know what? I, I think I got turned off last week when he talked about how he should be the quarterback playing in Montreal, and they traded. Oh, of course, half the team. Okay, it does not do anything. It does not do anything for your team spirit. It doesn't do anything for the guys in the locker room. And you're being a you're being a bitch. Sorry. Okay, shut up. Take what you can get and go from there. Because he he was no better and he was no worse than Pipkin was last week. Well, Pip and uh, Pipkin had two straight pick sixes. Did Manziel get picked right. off by Winnipeg? Yes, once, Mark, but not for a pick six. Once. Oh. He actually made the tackle on the so interception, I, I or think, would have been a pick Yeah, six. he put the effort and, in to win the ta- make the tackle. I'm impressed with that. And, and, Mark, and Mark might disagree with me, but I think uh, BC's front uh, seven is better than Winnipeg's front seven. And and Pipkin had no Pipkin had no chance against BC. They were they were all over that guy. So I think Pipkin should be starting, and and Johnny Manziel needs to just shut. I I you know what I don't like him. I mean, will he be a star quarterback in the CFL? Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. There's just something I just. There's something I don't like about him, and I can't put my finger on it. I don't think he's got a lot of character. Did you see the report that Montreal might sign him long-term? Yeah, I saw that. Good luck. Good luck. Have a good time. No, No, Manziel. They're talking. I can't remember. It was a suitor, I think, may have put it out, that Montreal was looking at signing him long-term for the 400K territory. Yeah, okay. A guy who has not thrown a touchdown, a guy who has not thrown a touchdown pass in the CFL. Are or you again. fucking kidding me? <laughs> really? No, I just say what that's out there. I hope I hope that general manager does not have a job at the end of the year. If they keep on playing the way they are, he shouldn't. Well, they need to find an O-line before they do anything else with the quarterback. <laughs> I just think and gee, didn't they trade away part of their, their best part of their O-line for him? Yep. That, see, that in itself makes no sense to me. Why would you trade your line to come into a, to, for a quarterback that gets no protection? Where's the logic there? None whatsoever. It makes no sense. It's a, it's a, it's a three-ridden circus in Montreal. And sorry, who's the general manager in Montreal? Cavis Reed. Cavis Reed. And Joe Mack is in there somewhere, Mark. Okay. 
I was Joe just Mack gonna say probably, do they fire Tavis Reed and put in Joe Mack as the GM? Joe Mack is probably trying to sign Johnny Manziel. Are you like are you were you are you serious about this? He has yes. not he has not thrown a touchdown pass in the CFL yet. Yes, I I believe I'm not positive. I believe it was Glenn Suter who has heard through his sources that Montreal is looking at signing him long term into the 300 to 400k territory. Unbelievable. Then that means... They're going to get some good draft picks. No, they're not because they traded them all away. Well, so they can't even draft French offensive linemen into Montreal because they have no draft picks. Wow. They that mortgaged gonna... everything on Manziel. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. And I know everybody likes, you guys all like to say that Joe Mack has no say on any of this and blah, blah, blah. That's exactly what happened when Joe Mack was in Winnipeg. Draft picks meant nothing to him. It was all free agency. Well, we saw how that worked in Winnipeg, and we've seen how it's going in Montreal. Well, and here's, you know what? Here's a perfect example. Okay, they sat Tommy Campbell for disciplinary reasons for one game because he wouldn't put his chin strap all the way on, and they just signed him to a two-year extension, okay? Yeah. Like, who is, who is running that organization? A bunch of idiots? Oh, I think so. I'm just going back. Yeah, well, I know. I, I was just, I was, that was a, a pause of, of to, to give it some like emphasis. Uh huh. And it was. It was a, it was a great quote. And it was a great line. Well, don't forget, this is a team that saw that signed Darian, a uh, washed up Darian Durant for four hundred thousand k a season. Okay, and he did absolutely nothing. He did absolutely nothing. So what the hell? You know what? Why don't they trade for Brad Sinopoli, convert him back to a quarterback, and pay him 400000 k a season? He'd be better than Johnny Manziel has been so far. Okay. What can we say? Okay, let's move on. I want to get get rid of this Johnny Manziel thing. You know, that's enough of that. Uh, Canadian Football League is witnessing history as a rookie shattering records. Lewis Ward, a 26-year-old Ottawa Red Blacks kicker, now holds two CFL records in just his first year playing in the league. During the game against the Edmonton Eskimos earlier today, Ward kicked his 34th consecutive field goal, setting a new league record. He went on to hit seven field goals that game, making the making the record still active at 37. Ward also boasts the greatest single-season kicking percentage in CFL history at 97.3% for the year. Wow. Wow. 97.3. What makes Ward's records 
more impressive is the man was originally a security guard for the Red Blacks before he uh, tried out for the team. Okay, I think that's kind of funny. Okay. Amazing. The kid is just absolutely amazing. And you know what? If he was to go to Disneyland, he couldn't go on any of the rides because he's not as tall as Mickey's finger. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Security guard. Neither one of them are football players, are they? (laughs) No. No. Well, (laughs) okay. No. At, and seriously, uh, security guard at five foot seven. What was he protecting? Seriously. <laughs> seriously, come on, think about that one for a second. He's five seven, one hundred and seventy five pounds. I weighed that when I think I was seventeen. It's just yikes. Yeah, I I, I have no response. Okay, Okay. did we spend we spent two minutes on a kicker? Okay, isn't that enough time? (laughs) Let's move on. Come on, seriously, Will, haven't you got anything good to say about this kid? You know what? It's impressive that he's kicked field goals in a row. Okay, but I mean. Trust me, it didn't make my year when Renip Reddy Paradise broke the record, okay? It it was like, oh, there's a blip. Okay, great. He can kick field goals. Next. I want to see touchdowns, man. Who is he? Because, like, well, yeah, and, and I am I not the first one to agree with you on that? Always. Look at that uh, bozo in uh, Winnipeg, what that Mark's always ranting about. What's his name? Justin Medlock. Right? Who cares? He's a fucking quarterback. He's a kicker. The quarterback has to put the ball in the end zone. And if Trevor Harris hey, was so a half-ass quarterback, then then Lewis Ward wouldn't be a, have an amazing season, would he? Isn't, that, isn't this what it is? Doesn't this just tell you exactly what the quarterback is like when your kicker is setting records? That means that your quarterback sucks. Just my point. But from a, bomber stand, from a Bomber fan standpoint, or at least from my standpoint, I love the more records he sets, it puts wide right further down the list. Will knows who I mean by wide right. Right, Will? Who would that be? Troy. Uh, Westwood? Yeah, it would be Troy. Oh. Troy, so the further yeah. down he goes on the list, I'm happier. I liked Troy. He was a yeah, classy so guy. Mm-hmm. I got a, an official CFL football because of Troy Westwood. <laughs> Why, because he missed a field goal and it landed in your hands? No, because he missed seven field goals in a game, and all because I was screaming at him. And he threw his kicking tee at me, and he destroyed his kicking net, and he screamed at me and yelled at me. He flipped me the bird. He swore at me. And at the end of the game, Matt Dunnigan was intercepted by Andre Francis, and Andre Francis ran the ball out of the end zone over to the 35-yard line, out to the stands, handed me the football, and said, you won this game for us. 
the boys appreciate it. Thank you. Because I got under the skin of Troy Westwood, and I just went at him and went at him, and he missed seven straight field goals in one game. Trust me, it's not hard to get under his skin. He's blocked me on Twitter. He's blocked me on his radio show on his uh, 1290 radio. He's, they've actually blocked my number on his show. Really? He doesn't like me. Yeah, he doesn't like me at all. Not I, a fan, no, I used to rag on him during the games. I was as bad as probably you were. Oh, hey, are no. we done talking about kickers now? <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about. Want to talk about real football? Quick. No, I want to talk about something really quick that we didn't talk about two weeks ago after uh, during the banjo bowl. Um, I don't know. Were you at the banjo bowl, Mark? Yes. Duke Duck did Spartan you water. Did Did you see Willard Greaves at the banjo bowl? No, I did not. Okay, so do you know who Willard Reeves is, Christopher? Yeah. Okay. So Willard Reeves was at the Banjo Bowl. They interviewed him in the, you know, the TSN guys interviewed him. Okay, so Willard Reeves, Reeves, one of the great bomber running running backs. Yeah. Okay, his son plays professional hockey. And his other son plays for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So Willard Reeves was at the game wearing a Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey with his son's number on it. Oh, that would have been embarrassing. I'm amazed, I'm amazed he made it out of the stadium alive. <laughs> wow. He said he was just supporting his son. Yep. Well, it was cool, yeah, quite interesting. Is. And you can't complain with that. You can't argue with that. But really? Yeah, I played five years with the Bombers. 83 to 87. Yeah, one of the best Bomber uh-huh. running backs ever. Yep. He was. And he still lives in Winnipeg, if I am correct. Yeah, he's a sheriff. Yep. So... I just thought I'd bring that up. I'm not surprised. He's done that before. He also wears a Blues jersey when he, or did wear a Blues jersey when the uh, Blues would play here and his son was playing for them. This so, year he'll wear a Vegas jersey or whoever that he's playing with. Ryan Reeves, his son, plays for the Golden Knights. And yeah. Jordan plays for the Riders. It's got good genes, man. Yep. Good genes. And he also That's still good. looks like he could play tomorrow. And he's three years older than I am. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh you put up this link for the Montreal uh, Alouettes fall to the Blue Bombers proved that losing is a team effort as well. I, I don't know what there is to talk about this. We already talked about this game. and uh, I just threw it up there. Yeah, okay. So you're just rubbing salt in a wound. You're, you're, you're one of those gloating Bomber fans. Not at all. That, it's a good article written by a guy from Montreal. Oh, oh, oh. Now I'm bored with that. 
Okay. Jeez, uh, what are we going to do here? I'm on the wrong Facebook group. Let's go over here. Okay. Go down the list here. We did Belton's. Well, you can agree with Belton all you want, Darcy. I don't really care. So, June Jones, at the end of the BC Lions game, or very close to the end of the BC Lions game, he's up by seven points, and he decides to punt for a single. He doesn't punt, as Mark asked or made a point of, of, of pinning him with BC with bad field position and, and, and winning the game up seven points. He doesn't kick a field goal to go up by 10 points, making it a two-score game. He kicks for a single to make it an eight-point game. That decision cost them the football game because BC came back, scored a touchdown, two-point conversion, tying the game, taking it to over, double overtime, and winning. Do you blame them for the loss, Will? Or is losing a team sport? No, I don't blame them for the loss at all. What are the chances of a team going down the field and scoring a touchdown and then getting a two-point convert with how many seconds left? Come on. 20? No, I right. So, no. I mean, would I have tried to kick a field goal? Yeah, it, maybe, it, but it could It was it a 45-yard field goal, and he had just made one from the 50. Right, and he did have hula hoop. So, you know what? I would have kicked the field goal. Hell, yeah. And then the game, then the game would have been over. Yeah. Pretty the, simple. The BC Lions fans that walked out of the door couldn't be razzed quite so much. Right. Right. So... So it's a bonehead coaching play, coaching call, but it's not what cost him the game? Is that what you're saying? He wasn't on the field stopping BC from driving the field and scoring the touchdown and getting the two-point convert. That's on the players. Sorry. And Jerry Glanville. Alvis, you mean? He's looking yeah, more and more like Elvis every day. Yeah, Elvis has was, left the it was, building. It was really sunny in BC. They must have had the roof open because he was wearing his sunglasses, man. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice and day. I wish, he'd, I, I wish he'd spend a little more money on hair dye because he's using the cheap out-of-the-box stuff, okay, and it doesn't look pretty. Yeah, no, no. You know, I was went down to Abbotsford. It was my grandson's first birthday. And they had a party for him between 3 and 5 o'clock. Party was over at 5 o'clock, and I had a decision to make, and I was either going to go back into town and visit some friends, family, and stuff like that, or I was going to boot back up to Coquihalla and uh, go home. There was a third option that came across my mind as I was driving down to the party. I could go to the football game. game. And I thought, yeah, I could go to the football game and then I'd have to get a hotel and stay overnight because it's going to end up really late. And it, which ended up being even later than I thought it would be. I figured it would be over at 10 o'clock and it wasn't over till 11. And uh, I thought, yeah, this would be my only opportunity to go see the BC Lions this year. 
And then I thought, no, I've already gone see one game. And I went to Calgary to see it. So you know what? I'm just going to turn around and go, fuck, was that a bad move? That would have been an entertaining football game to watch live. I'd have gone nuts in that arena. You know what? Don't forget. Go ahead. There's still an opportunity for you to come to the uh, Calgary BC Grey Cup final in Edmonton this year. So it sounds cold. Calgary BC Grey Cup final. It's not going to be cold. Calgary BC Grey Cup game. That would mean BC is in the crossover position. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Possible. Highly possible. If they can manhandle Hamilton next weekend, then there's nobody in the East that's going to stop them. Sounds cold. Uh, Anyhow, do you know what stopped me from going to the football game? This is going to sound pathetic, but do you know what stopped me from going? Because I really thought about doing it. I was serious about doing it. I'm going, you know what? I just go down there, buy a call, uh, buy a ticket right at the, the gate, and cruise on in. You know what stopped me? Come on. Any any guesses? Mark? No clue. Nope. Will, what would have stopped me? You couldn't afford it. No, no, no. no. Money's not the problem, you fool. You know that. I didn't have my beer meat jersey with me. I didn't have my beer meat jersey. And how can I go to a football game without my beer meat jersey? I guess. You know, I thought, damn, I don't have my jersey. Oh, that's it. I'm going home. You know, I have a, I have a, I have a travel bag in my back of my car that I keep in my car in the wintertime. Maybe you should have a football bag just in case. I'm thinking that's not a bad idea, Will. Not a bad idea at all. Every time I go down to the coast, I should take a football bag with me, eh? I mean, do you ever see Superman without his costume on? Come on. I understand where you're coming from. You know, every time I see Clark Kent, I wonder where the fuck that cape is. Because I understand the tights underneath his suit. But that that cape would be bulky. He'd have this one ugly looking ass. He tucks it in his underwear, okay? Yeah, it it would be bulky. It would be baggy. Yeah, but have you ever looked at... No. Have you ever looked at Clark Kent's ass? He's got a ghetto booty, okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's I'm not cave. going there. I, you know what? I really don't check out Clark Kent's ass, so it's really not a point. But, uh, yeah, it's just like, where's this cape? You know, Spider-Man doesn't have a cape. He can wear his Spidey outfit underneath the other thing and then just put the mask over it, right? Batman, man. Batman doesn't go anywhere, like, incognito. When he's incognito, he's not Batman. He doesn't go jumping into a phone booth to change. He goes down the bat pole. Who else is there? What other superhero is there that all gets dressed up? I don't know. doesn't matter. Okay, so June Jones tugging on Superman's cape. Messing with... Okay, so that's kind of it. He blew that one apart. Bad play. Bad call. How can you do that? Uh... How about the command center? Their work this Okay. Week. How about the command center? Uh, how about the on-field officials? I mean, how do you call that two-point conversion out of bounds? 
That was a good call by the command center. Do you think it was he was out of bounds, or do you think he was in bounds there, Mark? Well, he was in bounds. He was in bounds. Not by much, okay. but he was in bounds. Doesn't How have to be by they, much. I'm not even talking that call. I'm talking where they, the command center makes a call, and then the command center overturns the call they made and changes the call. <laughs> okay, I missed this one. So please explain it to me, just like, like, so that everybody out there can understand it. Let's see if I can find it. I know there's a there's a an article in Let's Talk About This. Yes, that's what I'm trying to find. What game? Believe it was the Argo game. Or you could even go with the Jonathan Jennings fumble that was called a forward pass, because that was a fumble. Was that a fumble? I didn't see it. Oh, it was a fumble. The ball was out of his hand, and after the ball came out of his hand, then his hand moved forward. That was a fumble, and even some BC Lion fans have stated the same thing, that they got lucky on that one. There, there's there's a, a a thing in here, but there's no article on it. So we can oh command centers replay decision reversed by yeah. command center. This is a three down nation article. So let's see what it is. And so this is new. Command center can now apparently Ottawa, change Edmonton. its mind. In the third quarter of Saturday's game between Ottawa and Edmonton, Eskimos linebacker J C Sherritt scooped up a loose ball after an apparent fumble by Red Blacks quarterback Trevor Harris and rumbled all the way to the end zone. All turnovers and scoring plays are automatically reviewed by the command center, and after just under a minute, referee Andrew Prue declared, touchdown has been confirmed, the touchdown has been confirmed, touchdown on the play. Okay? Got it, Andre. Touchdown. Meanwhile, the video crew at TD Bank Stadium, a notoriously saucy bunch, put up a freeze frame of the replay that appeared to show that Harris's knee was down before the ball was out, TSN cut to a shot of Harris's mom and his wife reacting indignantly to the call and Ottawa head coach Rick Campbell pointing at the screen. 40 seconds later, Prue was back. The play is under further review from the command center. Then we get a great shot of Edmonton coach Jason Moss going, are you kidding me? As the equipment staff frantically tried to nail down all the loose objects within his immediate reach because he has a habit of throwing shit. After further review from the command center, they said the ball carrier, the quarterback, was down with the football in his hand, and it will be Ottawa's ball. He really has got to like, work on his delivery a little bit here. First, the command center got his, this right that's undoubtedly the most important thing. There has been a few examples of not-so-distant pass when the command center was less than reliable, and that hurts the credibility of the game more than the reversal like this. It's not a good look. It's not a good look to rule one and then another, especially when it looks on TV. What a fuck! Who wrote this article? Because it's terrible English, Drew Edwards. Okay. Wow. So that's what happened. It's confirmed that it's a touchdown. 
and then after further review. So the, it, it's reviewed, and then it's further reviewed. So they reviewed the review. They reviewed the review. Now, there is two different command centers in there. You guys know this, right? Yep. So there's the one that reviews plays, and then there's the one that reviews challenges. So maybe there's a difference there. Maybe but one is guy it not weird that it doesn't get changed until it comes up on the Jumbotron? Which is not supposed to happen? I, I, I have no response to this. This is just Bush League. You, if, you know what? If, you can't, if you're going to make a decision on a play, take the time and do it right. I don't. Will, what's your thoughts on this one? Did you see it? You, of course, you did. You watched the game, nine hours of football. Yeah, I saw it. I and like what the were command your thoughts? Center. Well, um, but was he down by contact or was it a fumble? Your opinion? I think it was really close. Of course, it was okay. really fucking close, or they wouldn't review it. I'm gonna say it was a fumble. So then, the command center actually didn't get it right. No, but in the BC game, you know the uh, two-point conversion. Yeah, they did get that. They did get that right. Okay. Well, how, how do two officials that are right standing right there say that it wasn't right? How did they not get because, it right? Because because it's too fast. I mean, I, when when you're talking, you see one of the things, and I was going to bring this up, and I was hoping we'd bring this up in the in the in the podcast today. One of the things I do not like this rule, where you can push guys out of bounds. No without them no. getting their feet in. I hate that rule, okay? I hate it. It sucks. I think it's stupid, okay? But I can see how the officials might have thought that wasn't a two-point, And but when you slow it down clearly on the replay, it's a conversion because he, dra- he got his foot in there. Yeah, there's so, green space between the toe and the, the black yeah, toe and the yeah. white White line. Yeah, there's about five blades of artificial turf. Well, that's full, why full they missed speed, it. Full speed. I didn't think he was in there. Neither did I. Okay, so here, here's a thought. Yeah, and I'm always one for thinking outside of the box and trying to make other shit up so that this game gets different. What if when a play is that close, and the officials on the field actually don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and I don't believe that they were confident in their call? but they made it anyhow. Why don't they just concede the authority to the command center? Why don't we just say, we don't know. We didn't see it. You know what? You're going to have to replay this and take a good look. Look, Why? They also know that it's going to be reviewed. Right. But it has to Right. But here's the point, Mark. It has to be absolutely What's the word I'm looking for now? 
conclusive? To overturn it, it has to be indisputable, right? So if, there is, if there's a margin for error here, they're going to go with the one that looks the best. That doesn't work if the, the officials on the team made the call the other way. So it has to be indisputable for them to overturn the officials on the field. If the officials on the field aren't confident in their call, then they shouldn't make one. And the command center should make the call as best they can, as opposed to having to overturn them. And, and how many times have we seen the play and go, yeah, we would have called this this way, and the officials called it the other way, but, you know, the replay can't make that decision. What about the challenge that Wally had earlier in the game? And the command center held up the, the official on the field. It, there's no way it should have. And I don't remember what the call was. And was that the, uh, an inbounds catch? I think it was. Was that a touchdown? An inbounds touch? No, it wasn't a touchdown. It was a catch. Whether he held on to it, I think. Yeah. I think that was the one you're talking about. And, and and he had it, and he. It, 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 I don't understand how the command center couldn't have rolled that one a catch. On that two point conversion, like Will said, in f- regular speed, like in just normal time, we both thought it, it was he was out. When they showed it, yeah, you could see green, but you could see about five blades of green artificial turf it was that close there is no way in regular speed you can make you're going to know he's out you're going to say he's out you're not going to say he's in why? in regular speed why, his, why don't you, in, in regular, regular speed you look at that if it's if it's that close don't you give the benefit to the to the receiver in regular benefit speed of it doubt. Like there was, it was doubt out. there there's obviously doubt there it was that close to the fucking line but we Does, both thought it, it was out. So I didn't. Right from day one, yeah, well, I said he made it. Yeah, I'm watching the game on my iPad, not on a big fucking screen. On my iPad, I said he's he's in. And then the replay so came you, up. And you could almost it. get to the point when why have a ref on field? Just use the iron sky. What's the point of having a ref on the field? To to keep the there fight apart. There is going to be mistakes. There is going to be mistakes. They're called, it, these guys are human. There's a, bad mistakes, yes. But there is going to be mistakes. That game is fast. It's way faster than when we played it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, you know, without question. Yes, the ref only has a certain spot he looks at. But if he blinks on a play, he's going to miss something. But then why has a coach only got one challenge? Because the refs screw up more than once in a game. Because there was too much fishing going on. Ah, but that's not because the the coaches had too many uh, challenges. That was because there were stupid plays that were reviewable. And they've taken those reviewable plays out. Give the coaches back their challenges. No, I think they should only have one challenge. Oh, I think they should have ten. No, you have one. If you, no, you have win your challenge, ten. you keep it. No, if you win your challenge, you keep it. 
Oh, so if you if you screw up your challenge on the first time, but the next five plays that you could challenge and 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 should challenge, you're not allowed to. That doesn't make sense yeah, either. Way. I would rather have ten challenges and you get charged a, a, a delay a game penalty of ten yards if you're wrong. Wally almost you screwed better that up be right. anyway. Wally almost screwed that up anyway when he threw the challenge flag. As he's looking around and looking around and looking around for somebody with a headset. Somebody tell me what's going on. Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me. You could see him going, what, 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 what do I do? What do I do? Wally, get a headset. You would have known and thrown the challenge. He almost missed it. That play was just about ready to go off. Well, BC had the ball, so all yeah, he had to do was... He wasted probably 10 seconds looking at guys going, what? Well, you tell me. You t- Wally, you're the head coach. This is your yeah, job. Well, it's over. He's over, you know. Five <sighs> games and he's not playing anymore. He's coach, not coaching anymore. It's over. <sighs> There's a good question for you. Who's going to be BC Lions' next head coach? I'm hoping for Jarius Jackson. I think it's going to be Mark Washington before Jarius Jackson. Well, it should be, but I'm hoping for Jarius. I think it's going to be Kent Austin. <laughs> Wouldn't that be heaven? How much time do we have left? Six minutes. Six minutes. we got to talk about something real fast. I I don't want us to miss this. No. Okay. Um, 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 yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Mike Labinjo, who was yeah. a former Calgary Stampeder, passed away. And I don't know if a lot of people remember him. Um, he played in Calgary, I think, for four years. Um and the the highlight of his career, I guess you would say, was in the 2008 Western Final when the Calgary Stampeders were playing the BC Lions and uh, BC was going to win the game on a, on, a, on a touchdown and it was a goal line stance and Mike Labinjo stopped him two times in a row Calgary went on to win the game, and they went to the Great Cup. I know that's not important. He was only 38 years old. I'm not sure what he passed away from. Apparently, he passed away in his sleep. And I just wanted to give all my my condolences and everybody's condolences to uh, his family in Calgary because he still lives in Calgary. So it's a very bad thing when someone passes away at 38 years old. Yes, it is. It's ridiculous. I think I I think about what I've done between 38 and 55, six and five, six. I'm not six till no, I'm not six till November, Christopher. Six weeks okay. away. Uh, still six weeks. Leave me alone. I'm closer to 60 than 50 in the next six weeks. Okay. That's what um, I say all the time. Yep. But I'll be a, I'm a good-looking 55-year-old. I'll be a great-looking 60-year-old, so don't worry about it. Anyways. Well, I don't know about that. Okay. 
Go ahead. He got traded for future considerations. Sad. Hate it when that happens. Four pass deflections in the Grey Cup victory over Montreal. Three tackles, one sack, and four pass deflections in the in the Grey Cup game. Wow. Nothing, nothing wrong with those stats. Eight, eight tackles and three sacks in the Calgary win over BC. Amazing. Amazing. Very sad. Very sad that he's dead at 38 years old. Condolences to the family. Okay, one minute left. Brown, anything you want to talk about? Oh, love this. Neither team deserves the win. Talk about the Bombers Owl game. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Oh, that's Paul Wiesick, probably, or Friesen, one or the other. Uh, who was it? No, it was uh, Darren Scanlon. Scanlon. Oh no, he posted it. That's from. No, that was his words. Those were his words. Yeah. Those were his words. Uh, no, Brad Harrison started the conversation. Okay. Anything else? See, and and then Phil Norman. I really got to talk to Phil Norman. Great. Ticat fans eating crow this week. No, shut up. Okay, shut up. Don't do that. Don't talk like that. Don't gloat. Okay, let's wrap this show up and go home. It's time for bed for me. Uh, Ninety seconds. Way to go, blog talk bitch. Uh, This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 283. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and thank you very much for listening to us for two hours talk about football. Now, if you think you've got the moxie, you think you're smart enough, enough sarcastic wit to be on our show, let us know. Who knows? Maybe you can audition. Maybe you can come online. But you better be quick. And you better be fast with the tongue because you got to keep up with Will and CJ. Mark, not so much, but you know, hey, he kind of drags a little bit. But you got to keep up with us. And if you can keep up with us, hey, we could put another person on the show. Chris isn't around anymore. Brendan's gone. Ronald's gone. You know what? They leave for reasons. And uh, the crew, the gang there, we're still here. We're pulling this one through after 283 episodes. You got the moxie? Let's hear from you. Mark, say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody, and a quick shout-out to Kelly and condolences on the loss of your brother. Oh, my God, Kelly Bale. I am so sorry to hear this about your brother. I am so sorry, buddy. You take care. Will, go ahead. Good night, everybody. Uh, We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Take care, guys. Good night.